0: Chapter 146 Varney the Vampire, Volume 3, by Thomas Prescott Prest. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Emily Hoover. Varney the Vampire, Volume 3, Chapter 146 The Alarm at the Inn, Bedchamber Terrors, A Night Scene, a morning succeeding to a night of adventure the inmates of the inn are all fast bound in sleep the senses of all seem steeped in deep forgetfulness even the hour of dreams was past the storm which had raged so violently in the early part of the evening and which had appeared to have gone and a calm succeeded had returned AND THE FURY OF THE BLAST WAS ONLY equalled BY THE DELUGING RAIN AND THE FEARFUL RUMBLING OF THE THUNDER. BUT CALMLY SLEPT THE BEAUTIFUL AND INNOCENT MARY Stevens. SHE WAS YOUNG, AND HER MIND BORE NO WEIGHT OF CARE. WHEN SHE SLEPT NO DREAMS DISTURBED HER REST, BUT A CALM, DEATHLIKE SLEEP SAT UPON HER SOUL, AND STEEPED IT IN FORGETFULNESS the storm raged around but she heard it not she was unconscious of it perhaps the disturbance and fatigues of the previous day caused a greater degree of depth to her insensibility and rendered her mind less liable to slight interruptions but she slept soundly and did not even hear the intruder who walked across the floor of her bedroom and stood gazing on her fair arms as she lay sleeping the intruder was a tall man enveloped in some strange mantle, all white. He stooped over her, as if he listened to the beating of her heart, while his strangely bright eyes, which shone fearfully, appeared to express a horrible kind of joy, too terrible for human nature to contemplate. He stooped. He placed his hand upon her heart and felt its pulsations, and a terrible and ghastly smile passed over his features, while a movement of the lips and mouth generally appeared as if anticipatory of a coming meal. Then he took the white arm in his hands, and cast a longing look at the features of the maiden, who appeared disturbed by the rude action, and moved in her sleep, and was suddenly aroused from her slumber by a severe pang in her arm, as though some creature had plunged its fangs into her flesh." she started up and found herself flung upon the bed with gigantic strength she screamed and uttered scream upon scream the old inn was filled with sounds of terror and pain there was a loud knocking heard at the door then indeed the assailant left his prey to provide for his own safety but it was almost too late for the door was burst open violently, as he made for another means of exit, which was the means by which he had entered the apartment, but he was prevented, and, as the first person entered the apartment, he threw him down by placing something in his way. The light was thrown against some furniture, which immediately rose up into a flame. "'Help! Help! Fire! Fire!' These were fearful sounds, such had never before been heard in that place, and the inmates, woke up by the screams from deep slumber, were startled and terrified at these sounds, and, springing at once from their beds, echoed the sounds as they run wildly about from place to place, "'Where is the fire? What's the matter? Fire in the young lady's room!' All eyes were directed to that quarter, and in another instant there were several persons rushing to the room. The glare of the fire in which at once attracted their observation, and they rushed to the rescue, among the foremost of whom was Sir Francis Varney, whose bedchamber was not far distant from Mary Stevens's. He rushed to the bed and, wrapping the bedclothes round her, he carried her out of the room and the scene of danger, and as he came out of the room, he inquired, "Where is Captain Fraser here, Here I am, Sir Francis said the captain, coming hastily forward. "'Then, Captain Fraser, I resign my charge up to you. "'You are her proper protector. "'But I must apologize for my hasty intrusion into her apartment.' "'Do not think of speaking in that manner, Sir Francis. "'We are already indebted to you for our lives, "'and now we are again your debtor. "'Your ready aid has twice saved the young lady.' "'Captain Fraser took Miss Stevens from Sir Francis, "'and then carried her, as she was quite insensible, "'to his own room to his wife, her sister,' where she was laid upon the bed, and found to be quite insensible. There was much confusion in the inn. People were running about from place to place, and tumbling over each other in the confusion of thought, and the moments were precious, for many were running about, yet none did effective service, though all were willing enough to do all that could be done by them under the circumstances. "'You had better get some water,' said Varney. "'As quickly as you can.' It is useless to run about and stare at each other. Get all the buckets you can. Be quick about it. There may yet be time enough to save the inn and keep the fire to the room where it is, but that time will soon be at an end. Instantly two or three of the men ran down and got a plentiful supply of water. And then, under the direction of Sir Francis Varney, the fire was very soon got under, and the flames were extinguished. Then came an inquiry how the fire had first appeared. "'Do you know how it happened?' inquired Sir Francis Varney, of the innkeeper, who stood quite mute with astonishment at the scene before him. "'No, sir,' said the innkeeper. I don't know anything. I don't know myself. I don't even know where I am, or what's the matter?' "'Then I beg to tell you, sir,' said Varney, with much suavity of manner, then I beg to tell you, sir. "'that there has been a fire in your inn. "'A young lady frightened out of her senses, "'and I know not the cause.' "'No more don't I,' said the landlord, "'with a short grunt, indicative of wonderment and alarm. "'I wish I did. "'I wonder who set the place afire. "'That's what I wants to know, and why he did it.' "'The motive was not a bad one, I believe.' "'Not a bad motive? "'That which causes one man to set fire to "'and destroy another man's property?' "'Not when it is not only not done with any evil intention, but it was not even done willfully,' said Sir Francis. "'Perhaps you saw it done?' said the landlord, with another grunt. "'I did,' replied Varney. "'Hearing the disturbance, I hastily threw on some of my clothes, and ran out of my apartment to ascertain what was the matter, and found several others had got here before me, and had burst open the door.' THE FIRST WHO ENTERED HAD a LIGHT IN HIS HAND AND FELL WITH IT, SETTING THE PLACE ON FIRE, WHICH BURNED FURIOUSLY FOR A MINUTE OR MORE, THE HANGINGS BEING DRY AND OLD. I TOOK THE YOUNG LADY OUT, ELSE I AM SURE SHE MUST HAVE PERISHED. "'Well, I saw you come out with her in your arms like a salamander, but what I most wanted to know is, what was it that disturbed my customer? That is of the greatest consequence to me.' "'You are perfectly right, my friend.' said Sir Francis, with much composure. To make that inquiry, that being the origin of all that subsequently took place, you are a man of discernment, and must see that the young lady herself can alone give us any account of that. True, sir, but I am much obliged to you for the trouble you have taken, not only for the young lady's sake, but for the property you have prevented being destroyed. You have no doubt saved the inn and all it contains. That is enough, sir, said varney waving his hand you have said enough i am glad i have rendered you a service and that it has been effectual it has been just the thing said the landlord then take my advice see the place is secure and send all persons to bed save perhaps a single individual who might be set to watch the room which has been on fire and which may have some slumbering spark in it though i think not but the quieter the place is the sooner the young lady's alarm will be over and then all will be well certainly certainly said the landlord it will be better to do so but here is the only gentleman who can tell us how the young lady is sir francis barney turned round and beheld captain fraser coming towards them with a very grave aspect captain fraser said sir francis Perhaps you can tell us what we are so very anxious to learn, and what we have been inquiring about. What may that be, Sir Francis? We have been trying to learn what it is that caused the young lady to scream out in such a fearful manner. We have settled the cause of the fire. That has been manifest enough to us all. Indeed, I am not acquainted with it. It rose from the first person who entered her apartment after the door was burst open, falling over something and setting fire to the curtains, which blazed up in an instant and set the whole room on fire. Indeed! said Captain Fraser, almost incredulously. Yes, I saw that myself, said Varney, and I stepped over him as he lay on the ground, and therefore know it. But how is the young lady? Has she recovered from the extreme fright into which she has been thrown? "'It is a much more serious affair than I had any notion of, Sir Francis.' "'I am concerned to hear you say so.' "'Shall I send for the doctor?' inquired the landlord. "'Do. That is what I came to ask you to do. She has recovered once, and has fainted again. I know not what to think. She has a singular wound in her arm. I can't understand that at all events.' "'I did not see it when I took hold of her, though.' To be sure what i did was done in smoke and flame and i could not be supposed to scrutinize very closely had i been so inclined but what kind of wound is it i can hardly describe it to you save it is a bite and there are teeth marks plain enough to be seen though we have no means of telling what kind of creature it was that inflicted the wounds indeed i am concerned for the effect upon the imagination will be very bad But did she not see, or fancy she saw, the object that injured her? It was dark, and the storm raged without. Moreover she was held down by a powerful grasp, and when she attempted to rise she was flung down, and she could feel the blunted teeth enter her flesh, and the creature appeared to suck her blood. "'Dear me,' said Sir Francis, "'what a very strange affair!' IT IS FORTUNATE I WAS OBLIGED TO RETIRE EARLY, AND I SLEPT THE LIGHTER, AND WAS THEREFORE EASILY aroused FROM MY SLEEP. BUT I AM PROVERBIALLY A LIGHT SLEEPER. ARE YOU, SIR? BUT WHAT HAS CAUSED THE WOUND IN HER ARM I CANNOT TELL. IT IS QUITE A MYSTERY. SHE HAS GOT A FANCY INTO HER MIND THAT IT WAS A HUMAN BEING, BUT THAT COULD NOT HAVE BEEN THE FACT. I SHOULD IMAGINE NOT, SAID SIR FRANCIS. And then I know of no animal who could commit such an act. A cat or a dog could not have done it, though a dog might have made the teeth marks, but a dog would hardly have attempted to suck blood. They will do it, said Sir Francis. That I know to be a fact, and I believe it to be one that is generally admitted by all persons, especially that breed of animals mostly kept, which have something of the bulldog in them. It may be so, but how could she be held down by one of them? She could not be struck down when she attempted to rise. It is not for me to combat the young lady's opinions, but remember, my dear sir, how terrified, not to say how horrified, she must have been at such an unusual and, I may add, unheard of an attack. If you consider such things and the improbability, not to say what appears to me the impossibility, you will see plenty of room for mistakes to arise, and give her notions a wrong turn. That is very true. And, besides, I would, if I were convinced of the contrary, endeavor to persuade her of her mistake, unless you can discover the perpetrator of the outrage, when justice demands that such a savage should be severely punished. By God, Sir Francis, said the Captain, if I could see him, I would shoot the scoundrel, but then I am getting angry without a cause. It may not be what she thinks, and then, you know, all one's anger goes for nothing. So it does, but in the meantime, great care and attention is requisite to regain her confidence and serenity of mind. Oh, a day or two will make a great difference in these matters when we come to change the scene. Are you travelling far, Captain Fraser? As far as Bath, said the captain. At this moment the landlord returned, saying to Captain Fraser, "'I have sent to Mr. Carter, who will be here, no doubt. He is close at hand, and will come in a moment. He is a very clever gentleman, is Mr. Carter. I saw him perform four operations on coach accidents.' "'Operations on coach accidents,' said Sir Francis Varney. "'A curious matter that—' "'How did they succeed upon such materials?' "'Oh, they were two broken arms and three broken legs.' "'Indeed!' did they all recover? No, only one got over it. Upon my word, a promising member of the faculty to entrust so tender a charge to, under such delicate circumstances. But, landlord, have you any bad characters about your house, or in the neighbourhood? I can't say anything about the neighbourhood, though I believe it is as quiet and orderly as can be, or usually is. I never hear anything against it, and know nothing against it, and as for them in the house, I can answer they would not hurt a fly, unless provoked to do so, but what I mean is they are all honest and tried servants. "'Well, that is saying a good deal,' said Captain Fraser. "'But have you any dogs about the house? I mean, any large dogs?' "'Ah, dogs! Yes, I have several dogs, and good dogs they are, too.' "'Could any of them get into the The rooms—the sleeping-rooms, I mean? "'Could any of them get into the room that has taken fire?' "'No, unless the door was opened,' said the Landlord. "'They are not allowed to run about loose here, lest any one should get up in the night "'and be mistaken for intruders. "'For my dogs, gentlemen, would take any one they saw moving about outside of a night. "'But otherwise they are quiet, well-conducted dogs. "'Well, you mean to say they could not have got into Miss Stevens's room?' "'I do. I am sure of it. They could not, because there were none of them about the house when we went to bed, when the house was shut up at night. However, here is the doctor.' The medical man now arrived, and was forthwith introduced to Captain Fraser, who conducted him to the apartment in which Mrs. Fraser and Miss Stevens were awaiting the coming of the doctor. Captain Fraser, after having introduced him to the invalid, returned to the landlord and Sir Francis.' "'Well, I cannot make it out at all,' said Sir Francis. "'There must be some mystery in it, I am persuaded. "'And if that could only be discovered, "'the matter would lose half its terrors to the mind of the young lady.' "'No doubt it would do so,' said the captain. "'The fire and her wound together have made a deep impression upon her.' "'The wound?' said the landlord. "'Is the young lady hurt, then?' "'Hurt, indeed. She is seriously hurt.' She has received a severe wound in the arm by some one or some dog, having seized and bitten her seriously. "'God bless me,' said the landlord. "'I never heard of such a thing. Somebody began to eat her, I suppose. Upon my word, it would almost make one believe we are in the cannibal islands, to say the least of it.' "'Here is the surgeon,' said Sir Francis, who noticed that gentleman's approach. "'Well, sir,' said Captain Fraser, "'how is your patient?' I fear she is much terrified, and if she were to remain here long, I should hardly like to answer for her health. She has received a very severe shock. Her wound? What think you of that, sir? I really can't say anything about it, save that it is a bite. But how inflicted, I cannot say. It is very mysterious indeed, very strange. But... What I look upon as most important in the affair is the impression it has produced upon her mind. That, you see, may last her all her life, and produce very unfortunate consequences. I do not know that it will be so, but I state what there is a possibility of, or, I may more correctly speaking add, of what there is a great probability. "'I regret to hear you say so,' said Sir Francis Varney. "'Do you really imagine the young lady has been bitten by any animal?' "'Yes, I do. There are evidences enough to prove that. There is the wound in her arm, and the marks of the teeth quite plain, and she suffers from the anguish of it much. But I shall be better able to say more about it early in the morning, when I call again to see her. "'She will be able to travel, I hope?' "'Oh, yes, she will be able to do that, indeed. I would recommend she should try to do so, as the best means of throwing off all the unpleasant feelings and thoughts upon the occasion. "'Will you call early to-morrow?' i will said the doctor and then he bade them good evening and left well said the landlord i'm amazed at what the doctor says about the young lady i'm sorry it should have happened in my house but i hope something will turn up to make it turn out different that i'm afraid is not possible seeing you have a clear demonstration of what it is now the mischief has been done i am the more sorry said the landlord That it is likely to prey upon the young lady's feelings which are to be considered in the case? Certainly, certainly. There is where the mischief is likely to spring from. However, it is of no use to stand here all night. It is cold. I must get an hour or two's sleep before I get to business in the morning. I think so too, said Captain Fraser. Well, I will bid you good night, Sir Francis, and shall expect you in the morning to breakfast. With pleasure, replied Varney and they all parted, each going to his own dormitory, to sleep or to think over the events of the night, as best they might. End of chapter 146